Be seated. Thank you very much for those beautiful songs. I love to sing, don't you? It just encourages you, builds you up, and uh, it's just marvelous. And thank you, brother, for the great job leading singing. I held a meeting several years ago in uh, Sequatchie Valley, Tennessee. I don't know if any of you are familiar. It's between Pikeville, uh, Tennessee, and Dunlap. Uh, now, if you're not from there, it's called Sequatchie Valley. But now, if you're from there, it's Squatchy Valley. You've got to learn how to say it. But I was holding a meeting at the College Grove Church, and this again several years ago. And the last night of the meeting, uh, I'm, you know, a couple of songs in the prayer. You know, congregations do it differently, but uh, a lot of times they'll have a couple of songs, a prayer song, and a sermon. And that's kind of the way it had gone through the week. I thought, well, I'm going to be able to preach here in just a minute. And uh, we'd had two songs and a prayer and a song. Well, after that third song, uh, I'm getting ready to get up. Well, another brother gets up, and he leads a song. So I thought, well, and when he, he gets to, I guess. Then after he sat down, another brother got up and he led a song. That went on for 45 minutes. I did not know this, but the last uh, service of their meeting, uh, that any of the men in the congregation who wanted to lead a song could do so. But here was what was interesting to me. When we sung the invitation song, there were six individuals who were baptized into Christ that evening. And I believe it was the singing that got their heart ready to accept and take the Word of God into their heart and be obedient to it. Singing helps us, and uh, you've done such a beautiful job this evening. I was telling that in another congregation not far from there many years afterwards, and one of the brothers came out. He said, Brother Acuff, I was one of the six that was baptized uh, in that gospel meeting that evening. So uh, never underestimate. The Bible says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what a joy it is. Uh, I express my appreciation again uh, to the elders of the congregation here for the invitation that you extended to me to be with you this week. Uh, what a joy it is. Now, I, I love Brother Mark. He's been uh, preaching the gospel for many years. Now, I don't have many weddings that he has done, but I'm sure he's done several weddings. Uh, you know, and now I don't know if you've ever done this, Brother Mark, but at the end of weddings, used to, I used to hear this uh, maybe growing up. I've never done it. I've never done this. But a lot of times at the end of the wedding, a preacher will say this, or at the end of the day, he'll say, if there's anyone in the audience who knows of any reason why this couple should not be married, speak now or forever hold your peace. Now, I've never said that. I don't know if Mark has, but I've never said that. Uh, I was a part of a wedding uh, last year, and the preacher made that statement. But at this wedding, the preacher made this statement. He said, if there's anyone in the audience who knows any reason why this couple should not be married this evening, speak now forever, hold your peace. Well, there was a very attractive young lady got up out of the back uh, pew, had a child in her arms, and walked all the way down to the front of the preacher. Well, the groom's mother fainted. The bride dropped her flowers. The grooms, they were all bewildered. And, the, and the, the groom, he didn't know what to do, or the groomsman, he didn't know what to do. And so the preacher said, ma'am, what is it you want to say? She said, we can't hear in the back. So I may be, uh, <laughs> maybe, you can hear, maybe you can hear in the back. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, uh, chapter number 23. Uh, as you and I look at this thief on the cross this evening, 
I want you and I to recognize the fact, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Peter uh, chapter number 2, the Bible says there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall also be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the law, uh, Lord which bought them, and shall bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. In the book of Galatians chapter number 1, Paul said this, Paul said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you under the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any gospel unto you, then that which you have received, let him be accursed. In the book of Revelation, chapter number 22, and I know you're familiar with these verses, 18 and 19, in which John, in the concluding pages of the Holy Bible, he points out that if any man shall add unto the words of the prophecy of this book, God will add unto him the plagues that are written therein. If any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, you and I understand that it is the word of God. All scripture given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. When you and I examine the scriptures, Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, you know, one of the things he said, I beseech you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. In the book of John, chapter number 17, when you look at the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he said, now, neither pray I for these alone, speaking uh, of the apostles, but he said, for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, when our Lord concludes uh, the last chapter that we have recorded in the Sermon on the Mount, remember what he said, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And then he said this, Beware, verse number 15, Matthew 7, he said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. And he, he said, Now does a good tree bring forth evil fruit, or does an evil tree bring forth good fruit? He said, Every tree that does not bring forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Then he makes this statement, Not every man that saith to me, Now watch this, folks. The Bible says, Not every man that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he which doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come to me in that day, and they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name do many wonderful works, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, I did not, and now I'm paraphrasing this, I did not recognize what you're doing. 
When you and I look at Matthew chapter 7, notice that in verses 13 and 14, the Bible points out that a decision has to be made. You and I must make a a decision. Are you and I going to take the Word of God, or are we going to take the Holy Bible, are we going to take the Scriptures, and then are we going to examine everything that we do in our practice and in our lives based on the things that are written in the Bible? And so when Jesus said, uh, you know, there are two ways that an individual can go, and there is a decision that has to be made, unfortunately, there have been those who have made the wrong decision. They have made the decision that I'm going to follow in the footsteps of man. I'm going to do what man wants to do. I'm going to do what man teaches. But Jesus said, you enter in at the straight gate. Why is the gate brought us the way that leads to destruction? But he said, straight is that gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. He points out to us in verse 15. <laughs> Beware false prophets. How do they come? They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now he said you're going to be able to identify them by their fruits. So when you and I look at these passages of Scripture uh, in Revelation 22 or Second uh, Peter chapter number 2 or Matthew chapter number 7 or Galatians chapter number 1, when you and I look at this, we come to this conclusion and that is the fact that there are those who are going to teach a false doctrine. The Bible, Paul said, I bring my body under subjection, lest after I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. The apostle Paul writes and he said, uh, you know, this, this, this preaching is important. It pleased God that the foolishness of preaching should save them that believe. And so when you and I in our life as we study with others, one of the interesting things that happens, and that is in talking to other individuals about obeying the gospel of Christ, there are those who will, who will say, well, no, Brother Acuff, uh, I just don't believe you have to be baptized in order to be saved. I have preached on this subject. I mean, those of us who are gospel preachers, and I'm sure many, many times have preached on the subject of the thief on the cross. But yet, when you and I think about it, it it is the poster child for those uh, who believe, basically, that you do not have to be baptized in order to be saved from the mission of sin. My wife and I were in Gatlinburg, I believe it was last year. There was a a gentleman uh, passing out tracts. And uh, so I received one of his tracts. And when I began to read that track, and I looked at it, and certainly uh, the first uh, several pages of that track uh, certainly was biblical. When you looked at it, he pointed out that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7.20, the Bible says, There's no man upon this earth that doeth good and sinneth not. The Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every man to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We go to 1 John chapter number 1. The Bible says, If a man say he hath not sinned, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So as I, I thumbed through that, and I looked at that, and I read Romans chapter number 3, and verse number 10, and verse number 23, and 1 John chapter 3, and verse 4, and Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short, and he cannot reach, neither are his ears heavy, and he cannot hear, but your sin has separated between you and God. But then I got to the last page of that track. If you want to be saved, here's what you need to do. Now, number one, and, I, and, and it said, number one, recognize the fact that you are a sinner. 
Then pray to God this prayer. You and I know it as the sinner's prayer. Uh, many times an individual, a, a preacher may be on television, and he may have everyone, everybody who wants to be saved, raise your hand, bow your head, uh, let the Lord Jesus come into heart. As you can see, this prayer is, excuse me, the prayer to Jesus is bursting with faith. Now look at that next statement. Be baptized as soon as appropriate. But I would contend that baptism itself does not save. Now, let me point out what the Bible says. 1 Peter 3 and verse number 21, the Bible said, verse number 20, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. I'm sure that you are again familiar that uh, you ask Christ to come into your heart and you pray, Lord, I am a sinner and I want to be saved and I want you to come into my heart. And it's referred to as the sinner's prayer. And yet, my friend, listen to this. And I'm sure most of you in this assembly not well know this. And that is the fact, and, and I have challenged many individuals. I want you to take the Bible and give me an example. When you and I look at, at uh, the Holy Scriptures, I want you to give me an example. Show me in the Scripture where anyone ever quoted, ever said the sinner's prayer. Well, they're not able to do that. And I'm going to tell you why. It's very simple. Because it's not there. When you and I, and we look at the thief on the cross, now you're going to be able to remember this, and just I want to emphasize some words in this. And the first word I want to emphasize is the word proof. Now, number one, there is no proof that the thief on the cross was not baptized. Now, I'm sure you've heard many preachers preach on this. But they, they'll say, I mean, there, there's, you, you can go through the Scriptures and, and no proof that the thief on the cross was not baptized. But I want to show you something. And that is, if, if they take Luke, now go with me to Luke chapter number 23 now. And I want us to look at these verses of Scripture in Luke 23. I begin at verse number 39. The Bible says one of the male factors railed on him. Remember what the Bible says? Saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Now, you remember that the other thief, and I'm paraphrasing this, he said, well, now, you've got to know the Greek. Now, I don't know the Greek. Brother Mark probably does, but you've got to know the Greek. He said, boy, what's the matter with you? You've got to be crazy. We're, we're guilty. He isn't guilty of anything. Look what the Scripture said. The other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, saying thou art in the same condemnation? Verse 41. We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Now, when you're not, you, you read this, all right? You go to verse uh, number uh, 42, and he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, uh, or stay unto thee today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. You look there. And so someone, you're talking to a friend, you're talking to a relative, and you're saying to them, listen, the Bible teaches that we hear Romans 10, 17, we believe in Jesus as a son of God, yeah, Hebrews 11, verse 6. 
We understand that we must repent of our sins, Luke 13, 3, 5, Acts 2 and verse 38, that we must confess the name of Christ before men and that we are then baptized into Christ for the remission of sin. And they'll say, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized. Go with me to the book of Luke and I can prove to you if Luke chapter number 23, 39 through 42, if that teaches and is a, or a, excuse me, a support for the fact that you do not have to be baptized, Luke 16 verses 19 through 31 prove that you do not have to have faith in order to be saved. Now watch this. The Bible says that there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. More of the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. He seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime, thou receivest thy good things, and uh, likewise the beggar evil, or, or you received good, uh, good things, and he evil things. And he said, You know, besides this, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from us to you cannot, neither can they come to us that would come from you. Look at this passage, ladies. Now I want you to watch this. In Luke chapter number 23, here is the thief on the cross. He said to the Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. And so the argument goes is, This, path, we, this man wasn't baptized, and he was saved, ladies and gentlemen. The beggar was saved without believing. Well, somebody says, oh, 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 oh. Well, let me tell you why. If Luke 23 39 through 42, teaches that this man, you don't have to be baptized because he wasn't. And you go to Luke chapter number 16, the Bible tells us that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Not a single solitary word is said about him believing in Jesus as Son of God. Since nothing is said in Luke 23 about the thief being baptized, then you can make the same assumption. I, I didn't take logic in school. I, I'm, somebody said, you've never been logical a day in your life, and I'm probably true. But when you and I recognize, if we're going to take Luke chapter number 23, 39 through 42, and say that baptism is not essential to salvation, then you and I can take Luke chapter number 16, 19 through 31, and we can say you don't have to believe because there's nothing said in Luke 16 about this man believing, and yet he was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. Proof. So when you and I look at Scripture, and that is the very thing that counts. When someone says, I, I don't think this or I think that or I believe this, my friend, I want to take the Bible and I want to point out, give me book, chapter, and verse for what you're teaching and what you believe. And so when you and I look at this, now I want you to look at the second word, and that is possibility. 
The possibility is that this man who was on the cross in Luke chapter number 23 was baptized. Now, this scripture that we've got listed there, for an example, if you go to the book of Acts chapter number 13 and you look at verses 23 through 25, uh, and Paul, they, they are in uh, a missionary journey. Now, there's something interesting. If you go to Acts 13, now I'm going to mention this and then I'm going to go to the others. You go to Acts chapter number 13, and here Paul mentions the fact that John the Baptist was baptizing. All right? He was baptizing. Now then, go with me to Mark chapter number 1. Go to Mark chapter number 1, and you look at verses 4 and verse number 5, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to find out there. You're going to find out a similar statement is made. That in Mark chapter 1, 4, and 5, the Bible says that John the Baptist, what was he doing? He was baptizing. Paul mentions it in Acts 13. We go to Mark chapter 1, and Mark's record is that John the Baptist, what is he doing? He's baptizing. Then, when you go to Matthew chapter number 3, that's an interesting chapter. Matthew 3, the Bible tells us about John the Baptist. Now, if you skip down for me, just skip with me down to Matthew chapter number 14. In Matthew chapter number 14, the Bible tells us about John the Baptist and how that Herod, what did he, he cut his head off because John the Baptist said, you can't have this woman you got because Herodias doesn't belong to you. She belongs to your brother Philip and you can't have her. Well, she, she didn't take too kindly to that. And so when the time came, and he's having a party, and he says, I he had his daughter come out there and, and dance, and I'm going to give you a, what, what, what? She goes and asks Mama. Mama said, I want John the Baptist's head on a charger. But now watch this. See, she wasn't just, it wasn't just a matter of revenge. But when you go to Matthew chapter number 3, and you read the third chapter of the book, of, uh, that section there beginning at about verse number 1, 2, and, and go down several verses. Here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out that he was preaching repentance. You will go find out that he was preaching rebuke. You're going to find out that he was preaching retribution by God. You're going to find out that he was preaching redemption. So what we can do, if we can cut John's head off, you see, part of this, my friend, was silencing the voice of John the Baptist. He preached rebuke. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. You can't have her. She doesn't belong to you. You must repent. You know, it's kind of interesting to me because the, the Bible said they went out to hear John preach. This guy in camel's hair and eating wild honey and, you know, I'm sure they went out there. They went out there thinking they're going to see Don Knotts. They got out there and there was Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm telling you. I mean, uh, it's not the same guy. I mean, he's preaching. Now watch this. In these verses in Matthew chapter number 3, the Bible says John the Baptist was baptizing. Now we have Acts 13, we have Mark chapter number 1, have Matthew chapter number 3, go over to the book of Luke chapter number 7, two verses there, verse 3 and verse number 21. 
In these verses, you're going to find also, what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us that John is baptizing. Somebody said, now, Brother Acuff, you've gone through this, and you said, okay, in, in Acts, and in Mark, and in Matthew, and, and in Luke, and John is baptizing. Yeah, but I want you to watch something else. And that is this. When you examine all of those passages, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that there is an emphasis on the fact that all Judea and Jerusalem, all the region. See, it wasn't just a matter, well, dear Lord, bless me, my wife, my son John, his wife, us four no more. It wasn't a matter of just a few individuals. It was a matter of when John, John came and he's preaching uh, the coming of the kingdom. He's preaching about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they, they all came. I mean, he's in all the region. He's preaching in Judea, all of these parts. He wasn't just preaching, ladies and gentlemen, to two or three. I want to ask this question. Is there that possibility? Is there that possibility that the thief that we see on the cross was one of those who heard John preach and baptized? Somebody said, oh, well, well, but he was a thief. Well, let me tell you something. So was Judas. So when you and I look at this, and you look at the Scriptures, and you look at his knowledge of the kingdom. Now watch this. In Luke chapter number 23, when you throw that passage of Scripture, remember what he says here? He said, Lord, remember me. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you... Come into your kingdom. You know what that tells me? It tells me he knew who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, or Luke records in Luke 19, Jesus came to seek and to save those which are lost. John 14, verse number 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He knew who Jesus was. Now watch this also. He knew about the kingdom. See, they, I mean, folks, listen, we're not dealing with a guy out there only, oh, he was a thief. We're not dealing with a guy out there who's ignorant. He said, I want you to remember me. Now think about this. I wonder if he heard what Jesus said in Mark 9, verse number 1. When our Lord said, there are some of you standing here who will not taste of death until you see the kingdom of God come with power. I wonder if he could have heard Jesus in Matthew chapter number 6. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wonder if he heard Jesus maybe uh, and the apostles after our Lord said to Peter in Matthew 16, 18, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I wonder if he may have heard the words as recorded in the book of Mark, chapter number 1, when the Bible talks about the beginning of the gospel and the beginning of the king. I wonder if he heard any of that. Possibly, in all probability, he did. Because he knew, folks. He knew something about the kingdom. And not only that, but notice this. He said, I want you to remember me when, when you come into your kingdom. He knew that the kingdom did not exist at that point. So these individuals, these denominational speakers, these false teachers, 
who come along and, and listen to this, my friend, damning the souls of men because they have a doctrine they want to preach and not the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ according to the will of God. And so they come along and they preach this false doctrine. Millions of people will be lost in eternal damnation because they have listened to men and not the Holy Bible. On that day, this thief said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. So we have the poster child, thief on the cross. Don't have to be baptized. We have also proof. We have the possibility. But I want you to see something else. The New Testament was put into effect, was not put into effect until after Jesus died. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I have a will. Now, you know what? I found this out. Uh, I think there's been some changes. I don't know if you... Was it Aretha Franklin and she died a few months ago? Uh, and the figure I saw when she died was somewhere in the neighborhood of 85. She was worth about $85 million. You know what that's about? Eighty-four million nine hundred and seventy-five thousand more than I've got, you know. Eighty-five million. But here's what I heard then. Now things have changed. I understand that she didn't have a will. You think about that. She didn't have a will. Now last week uh, I have read that in uh, they were going through some papers in her house. She had about three or four houses in Detroit uh, that they had found a will. Uh, maybe found a couple of them, as a matter of fact, uh, that she had written out. But I don't know. But you, you, you take that a will is a document that simply says, here's what's going to happen after you and I die. Now, let me. this was interesting to me. Prince, now whoever that dude was, but he died here about a year or so ago. My understanding is he was worth $200 million. Guess what he didn't have? Will, man, I, I'm, I'm. The lawyers are standing up saying, "Whoopee, we'll get it all." My wife and I have a will. Now uh, that will says that, that we have a hundred dollars, and I've got uh, five grandchildren. You're not interested. Don't worry about it. I'm not going. I'm kind of like Brother McKnight, Mid McKnight. I don't know if you ever heard of Brother McKnight, but oh, what a tremendous preacher he was. He was holding a meeting somewhere. And they were having a potluck, I guess. And some lady says, Oh, Brother McKnight, have I told you about my grandchildren? He said, No, and I appreciate it. And so, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about my grandchildren. I have a will. Now, our son, he sent me a text. He was, he's been encouraging me to do, make some changes uh, in it. And I'm not going into details. Not, uh, he, he works at the law firm, and, and they're working with older <laughs> old people trying to get these things straightened out. And so he was encouraging me. He said, Dad, I think if you'd do this and this and this, it'd be good for you. And he sent me a text today. He said, Dad, how are you coming along? Well, anyway, I have a will. And that will has certain things. Now, my children and my grandchildren, as yours, folks, cannot come and say, we're going to collect on this will. Why? I am still living. Now watch this. 
Hebrews chapter 9, 15 through 17, the Bible talks about him, our Lord being a mediator. And then the Bible says where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator, for a testament is not a force so long as the testator liveth. So what we're understanding here very clear, folks, and that is that when you and I make out a will, then that will does not take effect until you and I die. Then that will is probated. I've got on the, on the slide there Mr. Doe. Let me give you a little illustration about Mr. Doe. Mr. Doe, was a, he was a pretty wealthy man and, and was very generous. He liked to help individuals. He liked to help a lot of folks. And there was a lady in the community where he lived. Uh, she was poor. She was a single uh, uh, mother, had several children, having a difficult time. And it wasn't uncommon from time to time she'd go to Mr. Doe and she said, Mr. Doe, I need, I need some help. I, I, maybe I can't pay my rent this month. And so he would help her. He would give her money. This, this would go on, and I think there were probably others in the uh, city as well who had went to him because of his generosity and had been helped. One day she... She knocks on the office door where Mr. Doe's office was, where she had gone, and a, a gentleman comes out, and, and she said, Sir, uh, I, I, need, I need some help. I need, I, might, I need to pay my rent. I need to buy some groceries. And the gentleman said, Ma'am, uh, I, I'm sorry. There's nothing that I can do. She said, Well, uh, Mr. Doe, is he here? I want to... He said, No, no, Mr. Doe... Deceased, and she said, "Well, when uh, Mr. Doe, he would he would always help me, and I, I've been up here many times, and he had helped me pay my rent. He would help me buy groceries." The gentleman said, "Ma'am, I am the executor of Mr. Doe's estate, and the only thing that I can do with this will that I have is what it specifies. I cannot give you money." out of Mr. Doe's estate unless it is specified in here and it is not. Therefore, I am unable to do that. Now, you and I understand that, ladies and gentlemen. You and I understand what a will is. You and I understand what it means to probate that will. And so when we look at Hebrews 9 and the Bible says, where a testament is, there must also necessity be the death of a testator, for a testament is not a force so long as the testator liveth. Now, I want you to see this. Mark chapter number 2. I love that passage of Scripture. Jesus is healing. Man, there was a crowd. And, and so they, they brought this guy who had palsy, and they were going to bring him to Jesus, and they can't get in because there's just such a crowd there. <laughs> the terminology, you can't get in for the press. Well, anyway, so you know what they do. You've read this passage. They go up on the roof. And, and they take that roof. They take that roof off. Have you ever wondered about... I like to study the Bible. It's so interesting. And have you ever wondered about who fixed the roof? I don't know. I don't, they made a hole in the roof. And they let, him, they let him down. And Jesus, when they let him down, said, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. He had the right to do that. He forgave... And that, whoa, 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 Is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or take up thy bed and walk? See, our Lord had not died. His will and testament. Hebrews chapter number 1, God who in sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us through his Son. 
our Lord Jesus Christ was still living, he had the power to say to that man, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Go to the book of Luke chapter 7. Oh, and interesting. Here is this, here's this fellow by the name of Simon. He has a dinner party for the Lord. And listen, folks, let me tell you, let me encourage you to read and study the Bible. When you do, it's just so interesting. Have you ever thought about this? Here was this lady who came, and, and this guy, he knew who she was. He knew who she was. You ever thought about that, why he did that? Why he knew she was a sinner? She comes in, and she breaks this alabaster box on our Lord, and then she takes her tears and, and then her hair and dries it. And, well, if you knew who she was, he, you can't be a prophet if you knew she huh? You know, Jesus said, hey, wait a minute. I came in here and you didn't give me anything to wash my feet with. And you know that verse. He had the power to forgive. Go with me to John 8. The woman taken in adultery. The woman there, they brought her to Jesus. She's taken in the very act of adultery. God forbid, what are we going to do? You want to, what are you going to do? You know what Jesus did. Stooped down right, you know. He laid him without sin, cast the first stone, they all went away. Then he said, neither do I condemn thee, go thy way, sin no more. Jesus had the authority and the power to do that. But my friend, when our Lord Jesus Christ died upon the cross, and when... In that, on that occasion, our Lord looked out over that audience. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 5? He said, One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law until all be fulfilled. And on that cross, our Lord Jesus Christ uttered these words, It is finished. It's done. That Old Testament law, one jot or one tittle shall, it's finished now. The Bible says in Colossians chapter number 2 and verse 14, blotting out the hand. Oh, don't you know, the, the one denominational group said, well, our brother Acuff, uh, you know, uh, the Ten Commandment law was left in place. That's, that's why we, we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, the Ten Commandment law, it was the ceremonial law that he did. Well, wait, wait, hold on. Colossians 2 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. Go back to Exodus chapter number 32. You'll find out that was the Ten Commandments. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us, which was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way and he nailed it to the cross. That Old Testament law was done. It was completed. Now watch this. The thief on the cross is not a pattern for salvation today because he did not live under this New Testament law. See how simple that is? In Matthew chapter number 28, verses 19 and 20, and if you back up to verse 18, when Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth, and then he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even in the end of the world. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Somebody said, Oh, now, Brother Acuff, you know the Bible says, He that believeth, it doesn't say he that believeth uh, and is baptized. Not, no, 
doesn't have to. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be down. Doesn't say, well, it doesn't say to be baptized. No. You know why? Let me, let, let me reword this, and you've probably heard this. He that eateth and digesteth shall live. He that eateth not shall die. That's pretty simple, isn't it? There's nothing to digest, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't eat. Acts 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for... <laughs> that little Greek word, which, again, I told someone, I said, Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar. I did eat a Greek salad one time, but I'm not... I'm not a Greek scholar. I was speaking in Mechanicsville, Virginia, several years ago. Brother Earl Edwards, you had, you had Brother Earl Edwards, didn't you, in graduate school? Brother, I was speaking on lectureship up there, and, and, so I, was, and I was speaking on Matthew, uh, on Acts 2.38, on baptism. And so uh, I had no idea how to pronounce that Greek word. I think it's E-I-S. And, and so Brother Edwards, I'm getting, I'm getting up there ready to speak. He's sitting right behind me, and I said, Brother Edwards, how do you pronounce that word? He said, it's ice. And he was so gracious, and I appreciate that. That word ice doesn't mean because of. And here's an interesting thing. You can hear, and it's evident. See, what they're, if, you, if you research the, the Greek word, and I'm sure uh, some of you have already done that. I'm sure Brother Mark probably uh, has done it many times. When you research that Greek word, and you research folks who have written about it, Many denominational, as a matter of fact, the majority of them will tell you that that word, Greek word, ice, for, means looking unto and not because of. Simple, folks. Go to Acts chapter number 8. And in Acts chapter number 8, what do we find? We find this man who had been to Jerusalem on his way back. Reading from the scripture, Philip said, do you understand what you read? He said, how can I accept some man should guide me? He desired to come up, and the Bible said, Philip began the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. Oh, what a precious name. He preached unto him Jesus. Go to Acts chapter number 9. What do we find Paul encountering? Jesus. Go to Acts number 10. What do you find? Jesus. The Bible says he began at the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. As they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And he said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He said, if thou believest, thou mayest. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, when I was growing up, there was this fellow lived on the street below us. And he and I, we argued all the time about the Bible. He didn't believe in baptism. Didn't believe it was essential salvation. And he said one day to me, he said, I, I, I quote him, I quote him, it's Acts chapter number 8. Uh, they went on their way, came to a certain water, here's water. And he said, yes, that is right. Here's what he did. In under the seat, he had a jug of water. And he pulled the jug out. He said, see, here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? I said, I'm going to ask you a question. The Bible says they both went down into the jug. <laughs> I was at a funeral about two years ago. Uh, this hurts, folks. This literally, it hurts to see this. My wife and I attended a funeral. And the speaker at that funeral, here was the deceased. 
He was in the hospital. He said he was in the hospital. And he said, I want to be saved. And he said, I called a nurse in and I said, could you go get me a pitcher of water and bring it up here? And he said, they brought the pitcher. I poured water on him. His wife said, I want to be baptized too. And I, my friend, God forbid that someone be told that you're saved because somebody poured water on you and let an individual die with a false concept in their mind. Baptism. The thief on the cross is not an argument, ladies and gentlemen. When you and I think about this, and we recognize that in order to be saved that you and I must take this old man of sin and we bury him. That's what the Bible teaches us. But God be thanked, Paul said, you are the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you. What form? Death, burial, resurrection. You have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you, being then made freed from sin. You became a servant of righteousness. The Bible teaches that I must come into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood that says, there's not a basin out here with the blood of Jesus that was collected some 2,000 years ago that can be sprinkled on the body of an individual. What do we do? We obey from the heart the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to sing the song of encouragement in a second. If you've never done that, my friend, if you have never taken that action, you need to be saved tonight. You need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. Several years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago, I don't remember, we were studying a, a, the book of Revelation in Bible class on Sunday morning. We were using DVDs by Brother Gary McDade. We were studying Revelation, and there was this fellow, and he, uh, he was coming. One of our members, he was on his postal route, and he had invited him, and so he'd been coming. So on a particular Sunday, one Sunday he was driving to the Bible school, and he, it was raining, a bad day, and he's driving down uh, Sweetwater Road, and there's this lady walking. She had, a, had a, like a Bible, had, she's walking, and, and it's raining, and he stopped, and he said, Ma'am, where are you going? And there's a Baptist church not far from us, I'm just for information's sake. She said, that's where I'm going. He said, man, it's rain. Would you like to have a ride? She said, well, yeah. So she gets in the car. And on their way, he said, he said well, I'm going over to the Church of Christ. We're studying the book of Revelation. Why don't you just go with me? She said, I, I believe I will. So she came. I'll never forget that day. Met, her name was Sandra Heiss. I met Sandra. We visited in her home. One of the other elders myself had a Bible study. Baptized her into Christ. Faithful. Didn't miss service. Anything we were doing, she's a part of. One morning, her son called me and he said, Brother Acuff, my mother had a stroke last night. This lady deceased. We thank God that she learned the truth and obeyed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to look at one more passage and then we're going to sing that song. The second thief was not penitent. 
I can't, it is beyond my imagination. But yet, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens to so many people. Look at this. He that being oft reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. This thief who railed on the Lord was impenitent and suffered the consequences of his impenitence. Do you need to be baptized tonight? Can we help you in your relationship? If you need to pray or ask the Lord and the church for forgiveness, having already obeyed the gospel, we're here to help you. Our goal is to help you to go to heaven. That's what we want to do. That's what this meeting is about, folks. And that is to build us up in the most holy faith. If you're subject to invitation, will you come right now?